guys. Welcome back to Dining Hall Hours, the podcast where we discuss post-grad pop culture and past UCLA stories. I'm Alexa. And I'm Bree. And we are your host. How are you doing, Bree? I'm doing good. I had a couple of um, sours today at a little brewery, outdoor brewery. Um, pomegranate, pear, like they were pretty tasty. How are you? I'm good. I didn't have any sours this weekend, but... <laughs> um, but no, I'm doing good. I was going to comment on your beers. Uh, it's interesting how like craft beers just have like just the most random ingredients. Yeah, but I'm thankful for it because at least I don't have to drink the nasty wheat beers. Yeah. To be honest, I couldn't tell you the difference. I think all beers just don't taste very good. <laughs> really? Even sours that are made from fruit? I don't like them. Every time we go to breweries, like I taste them and I just don't like them. I think they taste nasty. <laughs> They're not good, but I think they're more tolerable than wheat beer for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I'm not really big on like just the, something about beer. It's not good. So yeah, it doesn't taste that great. So I I completely understand your perspective. Yeah, it, it ain't for me, but to each their own, right? I mean, I love going to breweries though. The vibes there, great. A1. Also, they tend to have really good food. I know, you told me. I should have tried some today. I I was ghetto and I took my own like little Ritz crackers. <laughs> I, <laughs> can see you, money I can see you pulling it out of your purse and being like, I ain't eat your food. That's exactly what I did. <laughs> it's fine. We love a money-saving queen. Why, thank you, thank you. Um, did you have any brunch today? Okay, I've actually had a brunch twice this weekend. Oh, God. <laughs> I know, it's funny ever since I announced to the world that I don't like brunch I've gone to brunch more than ever before that's what happens it's the universe I know so yeah I had gone to brunch yesterday for my sister's birthday and this morning uh for mine so it was really it was nice but yeah Mm -hmm. I'm brunched out what'd you have I always have the same thing I just have like the normally it's called like the American classic or just like a classic breakfast where you do like eggs your way a side of bread and like bacon Love that. Yeah. But I meant what restaurant? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you wanted to know what I had. Um, um, what restaurant did I go to? Yeah. Oh, I like I went to Breakfast Republic, which did you and I go there together? Yes, I, that's the one that we went to together. Yeah, no, I take everyone there. I'm like, let's go to Breakfast Republic. Yeah, the food there is really good, but in addition to that, um, I always tell people I like going to places where parking is easy. And at Breakfast Republic, there's a huge parking lot. So I go there whenever I want to have brunch. Amazing. Yeah. So, but anyway, I guess talking about brunch, let's talk about our main dish of the week. So here is our episode that I had promised to you guys last week, but we changed our minds um, about post-grad. It's the episode that we, I think, kind of started. The reason why we wanted to do the podcast was to talk about post-grad. So this is probably when we've been looking forward to and we have a good a good few things to say so we'll get us started okay so Brie tell me what they don't tell you about postgrad um kind of how boring mundane regular your everyday life becomes once you graduate college it was a shock to me I I guess most people kind of expect that once you graduate college, the next logical step is to start your career and be, you know, full time at a certain company. But man, it's pretty boring. Yeah, (laughs) your life becomes just so routine. And I'm, I like to be spontaneous, you know, the whole free spirit thing. So it was kind of like an adjustment to not be able to maybe have Fridays off because in college, if you schedule correctly, you get your Fridays off and you have three day weekends every quarter, you know? So I think that was the biggest like punch in the face for me. Um, What about you? I think it's funny how you mentioned like how like mundane things can be like my dad would always tell me, he's like, when you graduate, like your life's literally just going to be like a nine to five, like unless you have like a super awesome job, right? But you know, most uh, post-grads start off with a very basic job. And he was always like, yeah, like enjoy undergrad, like because you can kind of basically do whatever you want. Um, Really? And yeah, but so yeah, I had the opposite advice. I did get that from my dad, but kind of what I didn't know is how no one really tells you like about the post-grad blues. 
Like I always Ooh. thought like graduating, it was going to be like this instantaneous, like happiness and like freedom from like all student duties. But no one really told me like, hey, like you're going to have a rough time trying to figure out where the heck you belong in this world. Oh God. Yeah. I have so much to say about post-grad blues. It's, it's a huge like issue, I guess, when you first graduate. My friend Haley, she, she was, when we were nearing graduation at UCLA, she was so stressed and she would always tell me like, I'm so worried. I've been reading Reddit posts and these people like develop depression after graduating college. And I used to think like, what the heck is she talking about? We were near one of the most monumental portions of our lives. Like we were graduating from a esteemed four-year institution. Why is she so scared of graduating and moving to the next step? Also, when I was a freshman, I was dying to get out of UCLA. Everyone. So, right. And so like, I was, I was like, well, at least we'll be done with it. We don't have to stress about school anymore. I was ready to come home to my family. But in a sense, Haley was right. It, it's not an easy transition at all whatsoever. It's not for sure. But before we start hitting into all those feelings, I kind of wanted to talk first about the first week after the first few weeks after graduating. Like, how was that for you? Um, and how we experienced that? And then we'll get to how it felt afterwards. But how about for you? Friend, yeah, moving back to Bakersfield. Okay, so when I had graduated, my ankle was sprained. So I had very limited mobility. And it was easy for me to like come home, lay on the couch every day. I was happy to be near my family. Near graduation, everybody either had a job lined up or was doing some intense job hunting. And I really wasn't doing anything. I, <laughs> lazy, um, I was one, trying to soak in the moment. And to be honest, like it, it didn't hit me that I was going to have to begin my career. Like, yeah, it's the next linear step, but it was coming so soon and I was not ready. I still wanted to be a college student. I still, it, it just seemed like I'm not an adult. I'm, I barely just turned like 21 or whatever. Like, how am I expected to, you know, get a nine to five job? It, it, it was just such a strange topic for me. So my goal at that time was graduating and that was it. So once I had graduated, I was looking forward to my post-graduation vacation celebration. Mm -hmm. I was finally going to New York. I was super pumped about that. That was what was on my mind, relaxation and living in the celebration of my graduation. How were your first few weeks post-grad? I was so excited to start the nine to five life because I like routine. So I was like, this is meant for me. Like, I love it. I am so excited. I, I was very fortunate to have a job lined up as soon as I graduated. So I literally graduated on a Friday and I was going to work on Monday. So very fun. But I think I was very thrilled to just leave UCLA behind. You know, at the moment, like you said, like, I was just ready to come home. Like I was tired of having like a quote unquote long distance relationship or tired of not seeing like my friends who were here at home and my family. And it was just a struggle because I was coming down here every week. And also because at the time during the last quarter, I was working part time. So I was coming down mm -hmm. to work Thursdays and Fridays. So I was like, oh, it'd be so nice. I can sleep in like I don't have to struggle. So I was very excited. I was looking forward to life like as an adult. And I had always just like dreamt of like my young, my young, my early 20s, like living it up, you know, being able to make money, like I said, I didn't have a job consistently throughout college, really any job at all until the last quarter. So I didn't really have my own money. And I didn't like that mm -hmm. I wasn't able to go shopping when I wanted or going out when I wanted because I was on a budget. Um, so since I started working, I was like, oh, like I'm going to be able to do all these things that I want. But yeah, it was a little bit, it was, I was really looking forward to it. But it's funny, I was telling Brie how the day we graduated, I had, I had been like so excited and I was like running on that high um, of graduation. Mm -hmm. And then like, I came and sat down with Jaime and like, we were just chatting. And I think I had posted a photo and Brie like commented basically like, I'll never forget our time together. It was like the, it, I was like a super sweet, like goodbye, like for now, you know? And I mm -hmm. burst out in tears. Like I was crying hysterically and guys, I don't cry really. 
Um, I know. So I was like burst out in tears. And this was like at my graduation party. So I had people coming up to me and like, and they were like, bye, we're leaving. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you okay. <laughs> yeah. And I was so sad. I think it was like what made me, I think at that time, the only thing that made me sad was the fact that I wasn't going to see like Brie and like Bianca um, and like all my close friends who I would, you know, spend every day with. Every day. Yeah. But other than that, I was really happy to to just leave UCLA. I was like, ah, I'm ready to be an adult woman. Think Carrie Bradshaw without the style and without the <laughs> super cool job. But <laughs> that was me in my head. Um, but yeah, first few weeks of after graduating. But okay, now let's get to a first few months. How was that? Um, how were you feeling? How was it not being a student anymore? Oh, are we are we touching on the student identity topic? You know we are. I think that's like the biggest thing to talk about post grad. Right. Yeah. I was truly coming off of such a high when I graduated college because essentially that's what I was working my whole life, like literally since kindergarten yeah. to do. I truly embraced the student identity like fully, and that's because I took pride in the fact that like I did well in school. It's truly what I based my intelligence off of and my worth off of. So now, like, what metric do I use to, like, judge myself? You know, like, am I, am I doing okay in life? And I know this sounds really dramatic, but it's true because, like, that was the only thing that I was basing myself off of. No, I completely relate. I think, like you said, kind of finding that validation in adulthood, you know, you're not constantly getting like an A or a great job on this paper comment from like your boss, you know? Right. So graduating and tr first, I mean, it's hard enough trying to figure out what the heck you want to do. And then you have mm -hmm. to figure out who you are. And then like, you're not getting those like pats on the back anymore. So you're just like, is this the right path? Like, no one's telling me like, hey, you know, no, don't take that class because that's not going to help you. No, like you're, you're on your own now. So I completely relate to, you know, that self-worth and the validation. I mean, I was similar as you, you know, I worked my whole life to get to that point. Um, yeah. And like, even in college, like I worked hard to get to where I'm trying to go next. So like, I wasn't, exactly. to me, everything was just like school. Like I ha really didn't think of myself outside of being a student in the school. So graduating mm -hmm. and seeing like, you know, when people ask you like, what do you do? Like, I was like, oh, well, I'm so-and-so, but it's like, it just mm -hmm. felt weird. Like it didn't feel right. And mm -hmm. I think at the very least, like you had your job going for you, right? So you could at least fall back on that. Like, yeah, I'm a scribe right now. I do this. Like, this is my path. Alexa, she's a different career path than me. She has a more linear route. And yes, it's not, it's not an easy route by any means, but she knows what she has to do in order to reach her goal. I couldn't really say the same about me. I started like doubting my career path uh, I kept frequently thinking it would have been much easier if I just had a straight shot if I was a lawyer you what do you do you go to law school you take the LSAT you take the bar you become a lawyer it's not simple but at least everything's laid out for you whereas like my path you can move up you can become a data scientist but there's so many avenues to get there and there's so many fields that I can enter where like I'm inundated with all these choices and it's just it can be overwhelming at times. Yeah. It's funny uh, when you were saying that, I was thinking like, dang, I feel like colleges don't really do a good job at like guiding people who are in your position, you know? Like it's kind right. of like, it's a great place if you know where you're going. I mean, it's, I, I, I'm a really big fan of education. So yes, college all the way. But um, but like people, for example, who are in your position where you're not sure exactly what avenue you want to take, like they don't really do a good job at telling you like, oh, if you do stats, here's this, 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 and this. Like you have to really exactly. like go out of your way. And it's not like you didn't, but it's like it's very hard to sometimes find a lot of these options because some some professors don't necessarily help with those things and some counselors don't either. So then where do you go? You go to clubs, but then what if that club is not fulfilling? Like where do you go? So I was just thinking that I was like, yeah, college, I think postgrad can be a little hard just because college itself didn't prepare you sufficiently for what you were going to, you know, see postgrad. 100%. And, that, and the same could even be said in your case, too. Like, yeah, you want to go into the medical field, but you know how many options there are in the medical field? There's tons, you know, and like, you're, you still have so many choices to make. And 
we're over here like stumbling and trying to figure things out and find our way, but it's not easy. It's definitely not. Um, and yeah, I think with that kind of contributes more to the post-grad blues because you're For sad. Sure. You're sad that you're not a student anymore. And then you're sad that you don't know what the heck you want to be. And then you're just like, oh. okay, well, I guess I'll just sit here and cry for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I, man, I'm telling you, like, for, so for six months, I didn't have a job. And I, and part of that was my fault, because I wasn't looking, I wasn't applying, because I wasn't ready to, you know, become an adult. Yeah. So I was pushing that off. And at the same time, I'm comparing myself to all of my peers. Um, a lot of my peers got like these really great jobs and they're working for these big companies making a lot of money and I felt like such a loser because I hadn't even secured a job yeah. you know and so it was it's it's tough to not compare yourself to your peers that are in your same field no for sure I love that you talked about comparisons it's something I wanted to include in our conversation as well it's it's very hard not to compare yourself graduating once once you graduate because there are a lot of super awesome people who have jobs as soon as they graduate, who get into grad school or medical school or law school, whatever the heck you're going into that they're in already. They took that time during their senior year to apply. And that is super great. I applauded them. I wish I could have, but I just was not in the right mindset for it or ready. Um, right. But it, it's really hard because you see, it's like, you want to be happy for these people. And like, I'm super happy for all my friends who got into medical school, but at the same time, you kind of like bash yourself. You're just like, dang, like, why am I not there? Like, what did I yeah. not do right? And it's like, then you're just like, dang, like, I, you know, kind of, again, playing with your self-worth. You're just like, am I even like, I got this degree. I worked so hard and here I am like post-grad. I don't know who I, like what I want to do. And, mm -hmm. and where I have my friend who's already working at like, you know, I don't know for the government, like, <laughs> so, so it, it can be a little bit challenging if there's any postgrads out there. I mean, I think a lot of us have dealt with this. The way you deal with it is completely different. Bree and I were definitely a little bit down here and there, but we, we remembered like, Hey, it's very hard sometimes when you see all the success because you're happy and sad at the same time, but you have to remember everyone kind of has like their own timeline. And exactly. But it can be very hard when you're scrolling on Instagram and you're like, wow, I wish I was getting into medical school right now. But I try to remember there's a time and place for everything and everyone. So going into our next little subtopic, how was like job hunting for you, Brie? Um, you did you did some adult job hunting. Um, I'll explain my experience right now, but I didn't really have that experience. So um, what did you learn from it? How was it for you? So job hunting was just another thing that contributed to post-grad blues <laughs> because you think like, oh, it's going to be relatively easy to find a job. And I say that because I worked my butt off in college. I'm hoping at least one company will want to hire me. But then you like start submitting your applications and I got so many rejections, um, even from like entry level jobs they rejected me and I felt so bad. I'm like, what, what could I have done differently? Like I, I, I worked so hard in college and just for this to be like nothing but rejections. That was really rough. But eventually I learned that you have to begin to tailor your resumes to the company that you're applying to. And part of it is just luck. Honestly, really part is. of it is like, at this, you're there at the right time. The company wants to give you the chance. Here in Bakersfield, they were asking for like three to five years of experience. That's as so ridiculous. Like you graduate yeah. and they're like, yeah, 10 years of man, like of um, supervisor experience. And so, and so I'm like, bro, you want someone young? Like, exactly, exactly. And I'm like, how do you expect me to have this many, this many years of experience? So it was not an easy process by any means. It took me, I would say a couple months. I, I don't remember the exact time, but you have to roll with the punches. Tons of companies are going to reject you regardless if you graduated from UCLA or not. And hopefully the right company finds you. And I, I got really lucky because I'm sure I was competing with people who did have experience, but my supervisor, I guess, liked me and she took a chance on me despite the fact that I had no experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like you said, it's a lot of luck. And <clears throat> I think for me, it was a lot of who I knew. 
Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I didn't have to job hunt. So I was very fortunate that my stepmom had asked her doctor, like, hey, I have a daughter and, you know, she she wants to be a doctor. So do you have like any recommendations for her? Basically just asking for like tips for me. And she's like, well, I'm Mm -hmm. actually looking for a scribe. And I literally showed up one day um, and didn't even have a job interview. She's just like, oh, like you went to UCLA. My daughter went to UCLA. Um, I think she kind of saw her daughter in me. So she was like, oh, yeah, like I'll take you under my wing. So she offered me a job as a medical scribe and she taught me everything I, I know now. And I worked for her probably like the summer before my senior year. And then I worked for her for like a month. And she's like, hey when you graduate, do you want to come and work full time for me? And I was like, hell yeah. (laughs) You know, graduating with a job, like that's awesome. So my, my senior year, um, spring quarter, I called her and I was like, Oh, like I actually don't have Thursdays or Fridays, um, to work or uh, Thursdays, school Thursdays and Fridays. So she, um, was like, Oh, I'm more than happy to like offer you like hours those days. So I was like, awesome. So she offered me that and then she invited me to work for her husband who was a cardio who is a cardiologist. So I ended up graduating with I don't know if I would say two jobs. Well, like a, one job in two like different um specialties. So one in primary care and then one in cardiology. So I was scribing for them for about two a little less than two years, but it was awesome like graduating I was very blessed. <laughs> like I didn't have to go through the struggle. I graduated. I was like chilling. I was like, oh, I have a job. Um, but kind of being in the workforce, like I learned so many things that I had never knew or I mean, no one can really teach you them until you're in like an, oh, an, God. a company. Yeah, you have to be thrown into it, basically. You really do. Um, and something that Brie and I wanted to chat about was kind of like job loyalty. Um, oh, goodness. Yeah. So when I think I had mentioned this was my only my second job as an adult, quote unquote. So I felt very loyal to like this company. Um, like I felt like, oh, like they employed me. So like I owe them like everything, you know, I don't know if anyone's mm-hmm. ever felt this way. I definitely did just because to me, it was such a big deal. The fact that they kind of took a chance on me, someone who had like no work experience and really entrusted me to literally document this doctor's like you know, patient history and just do everything um, that she asked me to. So I was like, oh, wow, like I, I could never leave. <laughs> um, did you ever feel that, Brie? I feel the exact same way in the sense that like I have this very strange loyalty to my company. I'm just like, but they hired me. They gave me this opportunity. How could I turn my backs on them? But I see tons of my friends, Alexa, they're already on their second job and we're only two years post-grad. Yeah. So they have no, like, they have no ties to their company and they, when they feel that they need to leave in order to grow, they do so. And I admire them for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I kind of, I went through that. It's funny because Brie already knows like the ins and outs of the story, but I went through that um, situation during my my first job as a scribe where I was like, yeah, like I don't want to leave. But then I got to that point where like I hit like a a plateau. Like I wasn't really growing anymore. Literally the next thing to do would be to become the doctor, you know? And at that that point I was like, well, I need to go to medical school. So naturally. Yeah. So I was at that point where I just really felt like in order to become a better version of myself, to be ready for medical school, I needed to leave this company and try different things within medicine. And something that I always wanted to do was research. So I quit that job and I was very fortunate to find a job at UCSD where I'm currently at. But even that job hunt, like I I had that same experience that Brie did just um, a few years later where I applied to like over like 20 positions, got rejected from literally at least 10 jobs just to finally get one interview and one shot. And here I am. But yeah, it was really hard leaving that. Like I remember, again, not a crier, but I cried. (laughs) I cried when I was uh, quitting because I was like, dang, like, you know, I've been here like you guys are family. Um, And they they were so sweet. Honestly, I love everyone at that office. They were awesome. But they also understood my reason for leaving. 
And it's a really hard thing to do. I, and a lot of you guys who probably work several jobs were like, I've, I already know how to quit. Um, but for me, it was a big deal quitting and kind of just being like goodbye to these people who are so kind and paid me for <laughs> for doing work. So that was that situation. So let's chat a little bit about career blues. Do you want to start this one off for us, Brie? Yeah. So now I wasn't sad about not having a job because I eventually landed a job with a company called Grimway here in Bakersfield. I was struggling so much in the beginning because I felt like I wasn't good at my job. I had so many questions. I felt lost. I didn't feel prepared to do my job in that sense. Yeah. So that kind of takes me to a question I had for you. Do you feel that UCLA and your education there prepared you for your job? Oh, I'm glad you asked because I, I have a little bit to say on this. It's a known fact that UCLA is a research institution. It's a known fact that the professors are there to mainly do research and not to teach. So... A lot of my curriculum was self-taught in this, or like self-studied, I guess. Um, in addition, UCLA doesn't, in the stats world at least, didn't give me the opportunity to apply my knowledge. And this is 50% on myself as an individual and 50% on the school. I think UCLA could have done better to prepare me for the work world by giving me more real life projects, maybe a, a little bit more courses where I work with companies to solve problems. I had one course like that at the very end, and it wasn't that useful. Um, my friend told me about how Cal Poly is very like workforce driven, and they work on tons of projects, they have tons of tons of applications, whereas UCLA doesn't really give you that opportunity. Now, a part part of that was my fault. UCLA does have DataFest where students sign up to compete and um, come up with these solutions for these companies, but that's only a one-time thing. And I could have taken more individual projects and stuff like that, but I was already stressed as it was, Alexa, with my curriculum, with my extracurriculars. And so I did not feel like I could juggle my freaking clubs my school, my social life, and individual projects that would have benefited my career. So overall, I would say it's half and half. What about you? Makes sense. Yeah. Um, I kind of feel the same way. I think for my career, when I was a scribe, absolutely not. Because there it was very, well, it was literally medicine. You know, you mm -hmm. I didn't learn. And then again, kind of like you said, I could have taken medical terminology. I could have you know, learn these things through classes, you know, more related to medicine. Like, I, um, like I've said before, my classes, upper division were psychology. So coming to a clinic where, you know, they're, you know, treating patients with real conditions and real problems, they had no idea. I literally was thrown in there and I was like, oh, like, what is this? What is like, the treatment for hypertension. Like I didn't know, but again, you get that experience at work. So I feel like for my career as a scribe, definitely not. Um, it was something that the stuff I learned there was something that I probably would have had to learn, probably would have will learn in medical school, but I didn't feel ready. But now I, I'm glad I went through that because it really helped me um, <clears throat> prepare for what's to come. Now for my career as like a, a researcher, somewhat like 50-50. Because a lot of my classes, I'm in the field of psychiatry, and a lot of my classes were pertaining to that stuff. So I learned a lot about different, like, um, severe mental illnesses and, like, different treatments and kind of, like, the symptoms, um, the different ways that we go about a lot of these in, um, treating and helping these individuals. So, yes, but then also, like, they didn't explain how it would be working in this actual field like what was it like I wish the moral professors would have shared like their personal experience um, as like undergraduate or postgraduate researchers so I didn't really know what to expect but I definitely felt that I was more so prepared than other um, than other jobs I want to touch on the structure of the nine to five a little bit more um, 
one one thing that made me really sad post grad too was like having very little time for myself and my free time. Um, I hated waking up at like seven in the morning to get ready for work and go to work at eight. By the time you get home, it's already like 5.30. That's so much of your time. In contrast to school where you have these like two hour blocks, you have this freedom. It's like if you want to study on a Thursday instead of a Friday, you can do so. But at work, you're stuck to the schedule. And I was like, man, I really wish I had more vacation time. I wish I was able to, Mm -hmm. you know, like have more three day weekends. I missed my summer times because you don't have a summer when you work in the corporate world, you go in every day. So I found myself getting very antsy at work. Like the, I remember I used to be able to study for like eight hours straight and be focused. And I think it was like, I had the motivation because I knew a test was coming up, but with the nine to five, like it's so hard for me to find that motivation to work eight hours straight I get antsy. I want to like get up and, you know, walk around and do things. So that was really hard to adjust to. I don't know if you had that problem, Alexa. Um, For my first job, not as much because it was such a high paced environment that I also I started at 10 10 a.m. So I was so fortunate. I was able to have my mornings to work out, to read, to do whatever. So I didn't really have my first job wasn't very nine to five. So I didn't really struggle too much with it. Also, yeah, like I said, I was really busy throughout the day. So um, running around after the doctor and catching her patients. So I didn't really have the chance to think too much. But with this job, I definitely feel it because it's a little more, it's Mm -hmm. kind of, well, it's a little more data analytic type. So I kind of not, I'm not doing real stats like Brie, but um, selecting data more like it, but it's a little slower where it's like I plan my own day. So like sometimes I'm literally just looking at the clock like just before 30, before 30, before 30. Um, yes. Because it's just not, it's not as high pace. So there's no real rush. I mean, sometimes there's projects that need to be completed, but you know, you have days to work on them. So you don't really have to be working to the last minute. Um, right. But it, it is really hard because I mean, like you said, like now, now that I'm in a more formal company, I have to wait to ask for vacation. Like I can't just like take days off whenever like you could in undergrad or like you said, like sometimes you just want to go walk around or like a friend invites you to lunch in the middle of the day and you're like, I can't, I'm at work. Um, so it's way different obviously from undergrad, but it's, it's hard. Honestly, nine to five just sucks. (laughs) It really does. It's not, it's not for me. So if I were to switch companies, I, First thing on my list is how much PTO do you give? How many holidays do you give? Because this is another thing that I didn't know. Um, It varies by company. Some companies are more generous. I work in agriculture and the world has to eat literally every day. So there are no days off. Yeah. (laughs) I was very fortunate there working in the UC system. I get all the school holidays off. so And then I get two weeks off for the holiday break during Christmas. So that is a blessing. So I am very thankful. Yeah. Thank you, UC, um, yeah. for all the holidays. I'm really, yeah, it's, I just really miss the freedom. Like I miss being able to do things on my own time. Cause it's like, you don't always want to study, right? Mm-hmm. But when you get in the mood, you go and you take initiative. Yeah. And I like, why can't work be that way? Like, does everybody really wake up thinking like, yeah, I want to work on my work projects. Like, no, but what if you, what if you find the, like, the energy at, you know, 1pm on a freaking Tuesday, and you start work at that time. And I know it doesn't work that way. Because, you know, uh, freaking capitalism. But um, I just wish I just had more freedom, because I can't, I can't be so routine. That's just not me. Yeah, I was, Jaime and I were discussing this a few weeks back, how like, would you rather have like a 10 hour day, but work for four days or have like the schedule you have now, like a um, but is it like eight hour day for five days? I don't know. I think it's funny because Finn actually was doing that at his job for a while. And I think he liked it, but it's still like, it's still the same time, Alexa. And mm. like, I already want to leave my job at like the six hour mark, <laughs> really the three hour mark. I'm like, I'm ready to get out of here. Um, 
But I can't imagine staying at a place for 10 hours. So I don't know. They both suck. Yeah. It just, it's so hard. Like weekends are so short. Like you, you know, they like freaking pass by in the blink of an eye. You know, you have Saturdays to enjoy, to socialize, whatever. And if you're anything like me, Sundays are the days where you're buying groceries, you're prepping for stuff. Um, We record on Sunday. So it's like another like mini work day for me. Mm -hmm. So rip. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe there's some people that are just like, yeah, like I love my job. Look, we like our jobs. We're not saying we don't, but transitioning from literally over 16 years of being a student to to nine to five maybe eventually we'll get used to it I don't know you know maybe I'll get used to it one day maybe but for now I I get frustrated because sometimes like I live I work in a slow-paced company and it's a blessing and a curse because I'm I'm happy that I'm not stressed over my job going home crying every day but then sometimes I get kind of bored at my job and I feel worthless and I'm like what am I even doing I always envision myself as someone who would be constantly moving up in the company and giving my all to my work and so to be in the position now like it make it made me very sad to just be so stagnant at my job job and like I don't think that I'm great at my job I don't I it's it's funny because we're not being graded at our job like you said so it's like I don't really know how I'm doing and it's it's weird because I, I need the validation and it's it's hard to find that self-motivation in your job when you don't really know what you're doing, you mm-hmm. know? For sure. Yeah, I mean, it's the whole thing with undergrad. You know, you get an A and you're like, oh, I know I'm doing a good job. But I mean, unless you get like quarterly or biannually reports, like uh-huh. you don't really know how you're doing. So it is very challenging finding that motivation. But, <laughs> you know, I was told if you're not fired, you're doing a good job. <laughs> I I think that's what I need to live off of because I I think I'm a little bit too hard on myself yeah I think it's just something that I've learned like in this post-grad period it's like learning to take it day day by day you know some days are going to be harder some days are going to be you know a lot easier and some days are just gonna suck but I mean you just make do with what you have and I mean if you're at your job I mean I you your boss doesn't necessarily tell you like a pat on the back, but you know, the fact that she's still giving you projects and still entrusting you with like this data is a good sign that, Hey, you're doing your job right. Um, so I think it's not being so hard on ourselves and learning to find that validation within ourselves. Love that. On that note, I think it's time to talk about the pros of post-grad. Some things that were a surprising blessing, I guess. Okay. Um, I think one thing for me is that I was so stressed in college because of like grades and midterms and finals. And now life moves a lot slower. And at least I'm not like, I used to have really bad anxiety dreams. And now my dreams are so boring and so weird, but they're normal. Um, So that's one thing. What about you? I used to dream, dream. (laughs) I used to dream about um, hexane. For those of you uh, that don't know what hexane is, it's essentially a hexagon. It's a molecule. Benzene in particular I used to dream about when I was taking organic chemistry and you draw so many of these rings um, that I, I think it was like my way of dealing with the stress. <laughs> I was just dreaming about these molecules. Anyways, that was a side note. Um, pro about um, post-grad life and I guess, you know, having a job. Well, thank goodness I have a job. So that's a great one. (laughs) I think one of my favorite things is that I can pay for my own stuff. Um, This is such a privileged thing to say, but I used to not have to pay for my own stuff. But now it's, I mean, it sucks in a way because it's like, oh, well, now, you know, I I have a flat tire, I have to pay for it. Now you have to pay for your own stuff. But there's something so like, like it's so cool being independent, like having my own money and dealing with it and like managing it. Like I think that's so awesome. And like it's I really value like when I buy something, I'm like, dang, like that was like so so many hours of work that I earned. And I just mm-hmm. find that so rewarding now that when I when I purchase things, it's with intention. And just the fact that I'm able to like take trips now and I can afford it and do all those things I used to not be able to, like I'm very grateful for that. Yeah. One other thing that I'm grateful for is that 
school was almost never ending. Even though you went to class, you still had to do homework. And so I personally don't take my work home. Once I clock out at five, even though I'm a salary worker, I I don't pay attention to work. I live my life and I dedicate those hours to myself and my family. Yeah, you you for sure should. No one should be taking work home, even if you are from home. Leave it on the computer on your desk. Yes. And deal with it tomorrow. Time is the most valuable resource. Well, that was a great way to end on a positive note. Look at us being optimistic about the future. Um, So I don't know if we're very optimistic, but we are, guys. We're looking forward to life. Uh, Okay. Well, oh, wait, I have to mention this. Um, If you are experiencing the post-grad blues, make sure to find a hobby or an extracurricular. Because if you think about it, in college, we were like super busy involved in everything and then life slows down but pick up a hobby that you're truly happy with um I like to point out this podcast it really I was so I was in such a bad mindset for about a year of graduating um but when I approached Alexa to like do this podcast it made me so happy because it gave me like a sense of purpose in a way it gave me a creative outlet, something to look forward to every week. I feel like I have a another fun job. And so that's one thing that like that's my number one piece of advice. I'm so thankful to Alexa and to this podcast because it's really like turned my spirit around. Wow. I'm thankful for you too, friend. But I ditto on that. It's very true. Find a hobby. I personally also consider this a hobby because it's a lot of work and it's really fun. Um and it's definitely something you build, you, you know, you build skill at, is how you say it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, hobbies are a great way to not only, you know, have fun, but also um, kind of find a, like a different identity, you know, you can, now we are podcasters. Um, so that, that's also a really fun uh, way to figure out who you are and what you like and stuff. So definitely recommend that. Okay, but now let's end this on something sweet. We're doing some desserts this week. So let's start with our fave, Triple T, Trends, Trends, Trending. What do you got for me this week, Brie? Alexa, I have so many. I'm just going to blurt them out, okay? Okay. (laughs) All right. Sorry if I stole one of yours. Um, J-Lo and A-Rod, are you kidding me? They took us through that whole shebang of we're still together just to formally announce their breakup. Yeah, dude, I I was so sad. They were like that couple that was just looked so like they were like a power couple. I really wanted them to work. Um, rumor has it that it was kind of over after that whole um rumor with A Rod and that girl from that Southern Bell show or whatever. But yeah. that J Lo didn't want to make it seem like that broke them, so they stayed together. All just oh. to break up a few weeks later, so it looked like it wasn't right away. T T mm. amazing, yeah. My another another one, mm-hmm. dude. Brenda Song and Kevin McAllister having a baby together. Did you see that? Yeah. Oh. Did no one know they were together? Like I knew they how, were together. Uh, how did you know? Like they were. I I I keep up with pop culture too much (laughs) Um, amazing I had seen a headline a few months ago that they were together obviously I didn't give it much attention because I don't follow them too really and they're also very low-key they don't really have a lot of their life in the spotlight anymore Mm -hmm. so I knew they were together but it was very I mean I wasn't super shocked but I was like oh legit that's super cool I thought she was dating Miley Cyrus's um, brother or something like that. They broke up a while back ago, homegirl. Oh man, I, I was I was lost. I was lost. Um, did you see Travis Barker's gift to Courtney for her no. birthday today? No. <gasps> oh my god, he got her this like really extravagant flower arrangements, uh-huh. and it was so funny because people were like. Scott's probably crying in the corner right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm so sad. Uh, I wish Courtney and Scott would work. I know you don't support it, Brie, but um, but yeah. But also, her, her and Travis look really cute together. Like, I, I ship it. 
Yeah, I think he makes her really happy, surprisingly. So I'm like, I'm all for it. Yeah, and, Good if, you, for her. and if you guys know Courtney, Courtney's not easily satisfied. So the <laughs> fact that our girl has a man's yeah. power to you, girl. She's hard to please, but she, she knows what she wants in life. So good for her. Mm-hmm. And then the Bad Bunny concert. <laughs> Dude, literally like $3 million tickets. I tried to get one. Million dollar no, I, I'm exaggerating. Oh, I'm exaggerating. I, I, dude, I honestly would believe it. <laughs> They're only like one thousand. Um, That's ridiculous, dude. I honestly, because supposedly it's like his last tour, right? Oh, is it? I don't know, dude. But I feel like artists just like dramatize that stuff. Like it'll be his last tour, and then in five years, oh, it's a five year anniversary tour. Like, I don't believe anyone when they say that they're retiring or stuff. Like, Justin Bieber had retired, like, seven times already and like... Oh, my God. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So, personally, I don't like Bad Bunny. I don't even think I know a single one of his songs. I don't like that kind of music. But I just thought it was... I'm rid- sure you know the song that goes, Mia, Mia. I've heard it. Drake? Oh. Yes. Yes. I've had the misfortune of hearing it. <laughs> um, but I just think that's ridiculous for concert tickets. But if that's your jam, I mean, you do you, boo. Isn't the concert in like two years? Or no, next year. What the heck? We're in 2021. <laughs> Where have I yeah, been? You're still in 2020. Mm-hmm. Well, so those are all my triple T's for this week. What are yours? <sighs> okay, well, mine is actually a TV show. Um, it's actually going to be, for all you Marvel fans, um, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I know that you don't watch that show, Brie. Brie doesn't really watch any MCU stuff. But my comment... What is MCU? Marvel Cinematic Universe. Get with the program. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, okay, so basically, it's... You know, like, the Avenger movies, right, Brie? Mm-hmm. So um, what Disney's doing now is... They're taking their movies into shows. So instead of having all movies about these superheroes, they're actually making shows, which is super cool for character development because obviously in a show you get more time to play with them and to play with them, um, to play with the character and to really build that, that character arc or that character development that you don't really get all the time in movies. Mm-hmm. So Marvel had released a show called WandaVision. I'm sure I talked to you about it, um, which is about two of the superheroes. And it was such an incredible show um, because they played on decades. So they started with like the 50s and the 60s. Every episode was a different decade. Right. So it was super cool. And then also they were really carrying on the story after Infinity War um, and Endgame, which were the last two big Marvel releases. Now, this one is like continuing on with the story. It's post-Infinity War, but it's just like not as great. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, I think the thing is, this one's a little more action, and it plays a lot more on real life, I guess, which is, like, totally fine, but one of the things I like about fantasy is that it takes you out of reality. Right. And, like, this show really puts you back in it, and it it talks about some really good, like, deep, important issues in our country right now, but at the same time, like, I feel like we're not getting a lot of, like, there's kind of just like a lot of different storylines happening right now. Maybe they'll wrap mm-hmm. it up in the in the last episode um, next week. But I'm not too super happy. So if you guys watch uh, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, feel free to DM me and let me know what you think. But right now, I think it's not as good as WandaVision. E, and that's the T. And that is my 10 cents on that. But let's get uh, – that should have been like my let me complain for a sec. I know. <laughs> I'm like, that sounds like a good let me complain for a sec. I know. Well, I got more to say. But, okay, so what is your let me complain for a sec for this Brie? For this week, I also <laughs> For this Brie. <laughs> I also have multiple for this week. Okay. Let's start with the elephant in the room. Um, my light in my room is currently not working and I'm like, oh, it'll turn back on. No, it's not. So I'm currently filming my podcast in the dark with Alexa. So that's great. And I came to the realization that when my light's not working, that means my fan's not working. That means it's going to be hot at night. So this is a real issue for me. Dang, Brie. There's people dying. 
<laughs> you know what? I know you would be complaining if your freaking room was hot. <laughs> ah, Mrs. I needed the AC when I was a freshman. <laughs> That's true. That's true, guys. I'm super high maintenance. <laughs> okay, so my number two, this one's a little bit more stupid. Um, <laughs> I okay. went to Little Caesars yesterday to pick up a hot and ready. And it was not ready. <laughs> I had water in my mouth, Free. <laughs> they said, you'll wait 15 minutes. <laughs> oh, no. Why is it called the hot and ready then? I was, I was, you mean. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And I was not ready for this. My final one okay. is adulting. I added a beneficiary to my account yesterday. Okay. My savings and checkings account. Uh-huh. Um, so essentially if I die, thankfully my mom will go retrieve my money. And it will not go to the government. Thanks for it that. It never would have. But yeah, you should add one because your mom uh, if you die, what's gonna happen? I'm to not trying money? to die anytime soon, but it's a good tip. Maybe don't maybe when you're trying to encourage people to add one, you shouldn't be like, if you die. Just be like, hey, it'd be a good idea for you just to be prepared for what's to I come. Lady, so if I die today, what happens? <laughs> She's like, your mom just comes, picks it up. She just brings her death certificate. Perfect. That's all I need to hear. Oh, my goodness gracious. But um, in addition to that adulting, I still need to open up like a 401k or Roth IRA or whatever retirement account. And this stuff is too confusing, man. Like, I don't... Yeah, dude. I don't I, know which one to choose. Choose it's Vanguard. Oh, Vanguard? That's do you have a Roth IRA? I, I do have do a... I have a Roth IRA. Are you doing the third step where, like, you you invest your money into the market? Because if you're not doing that step, then it's pointless. Okay, Brie. Um, you're coming at me <laughs> really hard right now. Um, no, I haven't invested my money into the market yet. Jaime was supposed to do it for me. I'm not adulting very well these days, but I opened one up and I have money in it. And to me, that is sufficient for now. My goodness Perfect. gracious. <laughs> Bree's really coming at me today with these aggressive things. I'm so sorry. What is your let me complain for sex this week? Okay, guys. So I'm not going to complain. I'm going to say something I am grateful for. I Whoa. turned 20. When you guys listen to this podcast, I will be 24. So I want to say that I am grateful for another year of listening to Brie complain. <laughs> 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 um, no, but in all seriousness, guys, I wanted to kind of say something good. Yeah. So I just wanted to say that I'm really grateful to have turned 24, um, to have another year where we get to grow this pod, share our lives and what's to come for this pod. And yeah, I don't really have too much to complain about. So I just wanted to drop that in there and just on a good note, other than Bree's third step. <laughs> if you're salty, if you haven't invested, just say that. I haven't invested. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Well, I'm grateful for you and your life. And your birth as well. And your, <laughs> and your mother for giving birth. Don't you worry. She reminds me every single year on my birthday that she held me in her uterus for nine months. Yep. Thank you, Mom. Props to her. Um, but yeah, guys, um, thanks for joining us today on this post-grad podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, stay tuned next Wednesday for what's to come. And we'll chat with you guys soon. Bye, guys.